This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. And uh, you know, there's some book I read it, The Human Eye. Actually, we can zoom now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not like not, not the Japanese like a, robots can, but, yeah, <laughs> but you can like in a you way. You can really yeah. kind of focus, somehow, yeah, focus, focus but a lot something things, a little yeah. bit more closer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's Zoom. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, nice to me because otherwise you need to stare at the things and really carefully to look at it. When yeah. you're looking at the thing, starting to somehow to zoom a bit yeah. in the point. And I like that. Yeah. I don't want to lose that ability. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you appreciate that more in time, right? Yeah. Because... People tend to think of Zoom in terms of speed, but I think you appreciate it in slowness, yeah, yeah. right? Because you really know what the eye is capable of yeah, 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 that yeah. In, in that slow turn rather than just the fast stuff, right? BFM 89.9, you're listening to Night School. I'm Ahmad Fuad Rahmat, and this is the show that explores concepts, theories, and society. This week, we are previewing a show that is currently held at the A-plus Works of Art Gallery in Sentul, and it is called Malaysian Citizenship, and it is a solo exhibition by Japanese artist Kentaro Hiroki, who's uh, with us here today. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Malaysia, Kentaro. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. So I assume you've been here many times because that's what uh, it took for you to prepare for the show. Yes, not really, but uh, I have been kind of the coming and back and forth in Malaysia since in 2006 mm-hmm. because I have uh, many friends here mm-hmm. and uh, also myself a teacher teaching at the university in Thailand. Ah, so okay. basically I'm now based in Thailand I see, since I 2006. See. I see. So now I stay in the over 12 years. Wow, wow. And yeah. what keeps you interested in Malaysia as a Japanese person? Malaysia, uh, I, was, I was more interested about the Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because in the beginning I was staying in the Thailand for a while and uh, we have a chance to meeting up with some of the friends from Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And we kind of discuss about what we can do or something can work together. Mm-hmm. in Thailand side because they might not much know about what is a Thai culture mm-hmm. as well as the Thai side also might don't know what's happening in Malaysia. Yeah. So this yeah. is the point that I was kind of the use, I was kind of arranged the workshop together with a student mm-hmm. from Malaysia side, Thai side, also the inviting the Singapore, Indonesia. So then the, we discuss about what is the form of the Southeast Asia, what's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. So and then the, what makes it more interesting is about the, this diversity and mm-hmm. the cultural diversity, but people are more knowing about outside. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you come to the Southeast Asia, students also don't know what goes on. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so that is the interesting part for me to trigger my interest in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've seen a lot of changes too in Malaysia since that time. It is, it is, <laughs> it is. <laughs> so what are your impressions of it so far, especially coming back now where so much is being talked about you know, in terms of it being new, right? A new political future, like, you know, a new hope and and all Mm -hmm. that. Like, Mm -hmm. as somebody who's now doing an exhibition, which is very Malaysian-centric, but also someone who's been in the country on and off for so long, Mm. what are some of the thoughts that you've had so far? 
Okay, it is kind of quite dramatic, mm-hmm. at the same time very historical moment. Especially if you know more history behind, mm-hmm. it is a something very big thing. Mm-hmm. But I kind of avoid to give any comment as my side because it is a still need more time for me to digest. Right, right. Because the history, when you're looking back through the history, that is much, much more complex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm kind of the only cannot hear from the, you know, like a grandfather or right. those kind of generations. So what I can only do is kind of to, to observe and then to see right, how right. things uh, go. Mm-hmm. And you focused on citizenship as a particular theme for your work, right? Actually, this exhibition title is a Malaysian citizenship. But mm-hmm. originally, I was beginning of the starting from the national anthem mm-hmm. in Thailand. I see. And expand to the research to Malaysia. I see. So then my research, ongoing research, is going for the what is the history about the Negaraku. Right. How the music actually born and mm-hmm. deliver. And eventually, after reading a few books or several people to talk, especially in the Saida Rastam, mm-hmm. who she's actually deep in the research about the Negaraku mm-hmm. related to the Malaysian music history. Eventually, cannot find any original music sheet mm-hmm. because of the, there are no such things uh, exist. But the melody are there. So I was kind of taking out this concept of melody traveling around the, you know, across the nation, mm-hmm. uh, which is the more for the people. Right. So right. on the contrary, the why I choose the, this Malaysian citizenship, actually this is the title of the book that I found in the Angkok Mall, mm-hmm. which is uh, one of the oldest freer market in KL. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is a very nice, interesting story because I visiting there and just within the hour, just uh, within the hour, I found, the first I found the Mamura Moon, which is the Hawaiian song, mm-hmm. and the melody share with the Neganaku, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a 72 RPM record, which is very old. Mm-hmm. But somehow I found it accidentally. Then the, after I just looking around, I found one book called the uh, Malaysian Citizenship, 1970, published by the 1970 by the Tan City. Mm-hmm. So this is some kind of, to me, is a coincidence to having uh, these two type of medium mm-hmm. or two type of material. Then the, I slowly kind of develop into the, my piece, now mm-hmm. showing into the A+. But why did you feel compelled to retain that name? Did you have to be loyal to that book throughout the project? Or do you do different things with the themes? Because oh. the name is very mm. technical, right? When we talk about citizenship, yeah. the meaning is very, very loaded, mm-hmm. right? In a lot of ways, one can say that it's really like the problem that we're facing right now, right? Especially mm-hmm. given how we are uh, importing a lot of migrant workers mm-hmm. and how even people who were supposed to be granted citizenship for the longest time are still sure. not, right? Sure. So, I mean, you delve right into a very, very complicated topic. And it's interesting that you started off your thinking through the national anthem. Yeah. So I guess I'm just wondering why did you feel that the titles were retaining, you know, given how complicated that concept is, citizenship, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It could be can, can be very contradicted or can be very complicated. Mm-hmm. Just only just saying that this word itself. Yeah, yeah. But uh, to me, is the what I'm trying to do is not not really the focus on that same, but approach how I trying actually the, my my work in showing now is actually reproduction, mm-hmm. which is a, a hand drawing by the, my 
entire process mm -hmm. six mm -hmm. it took about uh, nine months mm -hmm. so I uh, starting from the 2017 mm -hmm. and uh, what my concept is actually the I want to creating this text but it's not a complicated way mm -hmm. but it's complicated way in a way that more artistic way mm -hmm. which I combine with the concept of the primary color to mm -hmm. mix them color together right, and right. producing as a color of the black black text but uh, this text actually it cannot be black completely mm. black mm. so once you come into the more detail when the people looking at more detail the color harmonizes. Mm. so i found that this phenomena of the aesthetics are something like trigger and i wanted to share the aesthetics of it rather directly talk about the you know the concept, the concept. Right, but right. if you go deeper sure, sure. deeper what we can see this is actually the, my way of mm -hmm. approaching. Mm -hmm. So I don't want the kind of the people just only looking at the surface or text. Right, but if right. you look through the text, what uh -huh. you can see. So that it's no longer become like a, that idea of the text, but right, right. That the beauty of the harmony of the color. Oh. So then, but this is actually very challenging. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I thought about that this can be a more meaningful mm -hmm. the people to see through. Mm, so so the, this is the, how I approach and uh, I decided to do this only by myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to involve the other people too because then the, it can be message, it can right. be shifted. Right. Right. So because to me, as the Japanese living in Thailand, founding on the, this kind of book in Malaysia and then talking about the, my journey, so I can be more neutral mm -hmm. in that sense, mm -hmm. but allow the people to see some of the aesthetics to be convey the message, right, or right. something, something you know important for the art. Yeah, that's um, fascinating because in a way it's an exercise in seeing. Yes, right, which is actually crucial to what we understand citizenship to be. Mm. Right. On one hand, we think of citizenship in terms of legal considerations, yes. right? technical considerations, bureaucratic considerations, right? who counts as of this country, who doesn't, and all that. Mm. But in the everyday, mm. it's really just who looks like you and who doesn't, who looks like they belong here and who doesn't, <laughs> right? So I think it's interesting that your, your work is demanding that we pause and reflect on that process of seeing. Yeah. And, and colors are involved as well. Mm. Yeah. Also, the, myself, it's actually the residence in Thailand, mm -hmm. but it means I'm also the, not in the citizen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm, but uh, I, was, I, was, I was living. Mm -hmm. And what I do is actually I'm teaching and you know, exchanging as a more artistic practice. Yeah. Um, so the, sometimes they are like artists like living outside of the country and, uh, you know, try to kind of finding their own, own existence. It's mm -hmm. actually quite, to me, something quite difficult. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the aesthetics of those being also quite, to me, is more touching. Mm -hmm. So that's the, my traveling in the Southeast Asia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting too that you frame it ultimately as being about aesthetics, yeah. right? Uh, what do you feel is the connection between aesthetics and the bigger political questions that you want to deal with, right? Because you said that you don't want it to be plain text, right? And in a lot of ways, I think that's very important because we're too text-reliant sometimes when we want to think okay. about these things, mm. you know? And aesthetics is a big category, so maybe you can help us understand what you mean by it and how it adds to the conversation on Malaysian identity. If we're talking about the one cultural identity, to me, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. It cannot be. Because of the, if you're talking about the nation, 
but uh, maybe myself as an artist, I'm talking about culture. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about the cultural identities in Malaysia, it's diverse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm more kind of the go for the this aspect of mm -hmm. culture ending to the art, mm -hmm. not the not the politics sure, and sure. the art. I I really I don't want to involve that mm -hmm. because of the perhaps we can see it's kind of the, after the research of the national anthem, the music composer is actually artist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then they dare to make for something very beautiful things to yeah, be people. Yeah. But how we understand that aesthetics, mm -hmm. take it out of uh, all those kind of the issue, how can I enjoy the music itself? Mm -hmm. This is uh, another my kind of the task that uh, I right. want to research into the, the musicians. Yeah, oh. yeah. How can we enjoy the music itself, right? Because mm -hmm. in a way it's so political right like how do we are you trying to separate the music from the politics i mean i want to issue to just to not to separate but to aware the ah, co coexistence right, right. interesting coexistence is a key to me yeah to understand or to open mind yeah yeah the, the things that we are facing stuff mm, so mm -hmm. That's a very big concept to me, but, mm -hmm. but, but to me is the wherever I see something beautiful, then why cannot talk about that? Yeah, yeah, uh, right. So that's kind of freedom of expression. It should be, True. should be. I want to convey. Yeah, uh, you use the word beautiful a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean by that, and why is it important to you as an artist? To me, the beauty is also including the you know aesthetics of ugliness as well. Ah, okay. So it's not like a beauty as a beauty. If you're looking about the aesthetic, which is a many different types. Do you mean like the sublime, sublime like as well? Like so right. even the ugliness actually also partly the beauty. Right, right. So right. to me, is understanding is a something more conceptually and philosophical level. Mm -hmm. mm. So. Art actually, it's developed those kind of philosophy behind mm -hmm. was a basic. Mm. So if I take it out of this philosophy, oh, so what else left? That is how I believe. Mm -hmm. in, yeah, as a myself. So. Interesting. Mm. And tell us a little bit more before mm. we pause for the first part about where Southeast Asia stands when you talk about like, you know, your your work in other, maybe other parts of Asia compared to Japan because. It's known to be this place where all the different parts of Asia meet. Yeah. Right? And even the modernization is very distinct. Hasn't completely taken the North American or European model. You mm -hmm. know? So mm -hmm. does that complicate your understanding of beauty? What kind of challenges does it give to work in Southeast Asia as opposed to, say, North Asia or, or other parts of Asia? You know, my understanding of the beauty or aesthetics is always from people. Mm -hmm. So if you mentioned like before talking about okay Japan. Okay, but the Japan is actually end of Asia. Mm -hmm. I must say. Here is a to me is a very big mm -hmm. at the same time it's such a rich rich culture. Mm -hmm. And each culture producing its own aesthetics. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to travel through that mm. to gain more kind of the deep understanding of what your question of what is aesthetics mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't necessarily to decide this is a beautiful thing. Sure, you sure. should believe. I don't want to do that. Right, right. Because as also educational side in perspective as a teacher, I don't force 
this is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just say, I think this is a beauty or this aesthetics is really attractive. Mm-hmm. Then I need to tell why. Mm-hmm. Mm. So this way of understanding, of creating the own narrative, then the, you might more enjoy the looking at these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very important political point, right? To see mm-hmm. things differently. Yeah. And we say that a lot, but the task is quite difficult because we're so programmed to see things, uh, mm. to expect the same things all the time, right? And we sometimes get too complacent with the familiar. Yeah. But I think, to, like you say, to see differently, uh, but also to find beauty in seeing differently is yeah. very, very important, you know? Especially now, like we, and this is something that unfortunately we're working with nowadays because every new piece of technology is trying to colonize the way we see. Sure. Whether it's Instagram, sure. you know, there's everybody's taking photos everywhere, you know, and that programs us to see things in a certain way, right? So how do we take over that process? Mm. Right? So I think this is where the questions you raise is very, very interesting. But let's take a break for now. We'll be right back for the second part of the discussion okay. where we are discussing a new solo exhibition by a Japanese artist, Kentaro Hiroki. He's also an educator based in Thailand. He's been here many times, but this time he is talking about Malaysian citizenship. It is held at the A-plus Works of Art in Sentul, and it's running from the 6th to the 29th of September 2018. We'll be right back. I'm Ahmad Farahma, and this is Night School on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to me, Ahmad Fuad Rahmat, joined this week by Kentaro Hiroki, who is talking about his current exhibition at the A-plus Works of Art based in Sentul called Malaysian Citizenship. And it runs from the 6th of September to the 29th. And uh, yeah, I mean, we are talking about some of the key themes in his works, how he understands beauty and its political import. Let's talk a little bit more about the process behind the production of this the works that you'll be displaying. Tell us a little bit about how it started and how it became the form that it has taken now. Like when you first thought about, you know, this exhibition, what came to mind and how did you start? Okay. The title of the exhibition is Come at the End. This is also maybe important to know or know the people. I'm not kind of proposing I'm doing the Malaysian citizenship. But uh, toward the end of the, my uh, research and uh, looking at uh, how to call this exhibition. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that one is the last part of the Malaysian Ta- name is uh, actually used the title of the book. Mm. This is another important to know. So the, my beginning again, the talking about the national anthem. Yeah, but uh, right? you, there was a grant from the gallery, right? Uh, or a, res- a residency or something like that. Yes, uh, the, I was giving to the one uh, one a uh, few, few few weeks residency, mm-hmm. and uh, I proposing about I want to research about the Negaraku, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, eventually I couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So so then the but uh, I kind of acquainted in or I found out that these books and uh, I kind of slowly kind of think what can I do, mm-hmm. but perhaps the, my attempt on the first I want to do something very slow down process. Um, normally, my process is very slow. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, this piece is uh, nine months, mm-hmm. almost every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I somehow need to, before proposing the gallery, I say, I need one year. Mm-hmm. After the residency, they want to see the outcome or work. Okay, give me the one year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was doing something about the Malaysian, Malaysian issue. So I kind of picked the date, which is the September, which mm-hmm. is uh, this period. 
just only I set the date a year ago. Then mm-hmm. the I slowly kind of develop and then to happen to be the, this exhibition. Mm-hmm. But the another interesting, important part for me when you're reading and uh, research, we're just finishing out the Medeca Day, right, mm-hmm. 31st mm-hmm. of August. But I was talking about Malaysian citizenship. Mm-hmm. This should be 16th of September mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that is a formation of Malaysia. So I wanted to kind of the linking up of the, this idea. And uh, as I explained, like, uh, well, my process is slow. And uh, I don't know what's happening in the future. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about why it is slow. Why do you find it to be productive when it's slower, right? Is, does it help you think better or does it help you to, how would you say, to beautify the work a lot more? I mean, what? how does being slow help you as an artist? First of all, the attention. Mm-hmm. And the second of all, the, you know, the, in, in these days about the production, it's very quick. Mm. But then what's happening? My body registers. Mm-hmm. So first, I need to control my body mm-hmm. in order to control the slowness. Right, right. Um, people may be more like rush into the quick things. So then they, it's become pam, 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 pam. Yes. Right? Yes. But what's happening? If you take it out slow, then you feel the time. Mm-hmm. And then you see the, your body. Hmm. And uh, I think this kind of the physical physicalness is very, very important for for creative side because we make by the hand. Mm. And the hand actually directly linked to the brain. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And the eye also. So if we are not trying on to the disbalance, I'm not sure I am just like a robot. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, I control the muscle and some small mistake, everything. Mm-hmm. But all kinds of things slow, but try to make it better. Mm-hmm. And uh, just need a time. Yeah. But uh, the creating the time is also a very big challenge. Yeah. Because, of course, I'm not a full-time artist. Right, I'm teaching as right, well. Right. So need to finding out when is the time and the schedule up and then slowly, slowly, consistently to work on it. Yeah. But this, to me, is a good exercise that giving a more patience. Mm-hmm. And it's reflecting back to the looking as well. Mm-hmm. I look the things, but I take more longer. Yeah. And then I say I'm slow. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very refreshing thing to hear because since May 9th, yeah, there have been a lot of fast changes. Yeah, you know, so every day mm-hmm. the news has, you know, revealed things that are surprising, shocking, new things that just turn the course of things. So I like it that you say, you know, I don't have to go with that pace. I'm gonna go slow. Yeah, you know, and I like it that you point out the body needs that slowness. Right. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Like, what happens to your body? I mean, are you sat on a table drawing? Are you like, is it a canvas? Are you like, is it on the floor? I mean, describe what's happened to your body in the past nine months or a year in preparing for this. In the beginning, hand is shake very easily. Mm-hmm. And the concentration span is uh, very short. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then that time is uh, you feel the tension. Mm-hmm. You know, the, if you're angry, you know. Mm-hmm. The body also tells. Yeah. Not only express I am angry or I am sad, but once starting to draw, all those kind of the emotions are actually inside. Yeah, yeah. So I not express the word of anger. I don't express the word of sadness. Right, right. But when I was a few sad, I draw. It's definitely different from... Also, the if you're looking back at the first pages of the, my work toward the end of the pages, there are some differences. Yeah, 
And meanwhile, in between, also there is something happening yeah. every day. Yeah. Sometimes they, I also have a, some trouble in the school, whatever, mm-hmm. or sometimes depressed yeah. about something else, or I'm very happy about the things. So all those uh, time actually convey into the, that slowness process. Interesting. So that's actually the, I use the drawing. Right. Mm. I think it's important too, since you mentioned beauty, since you mentioned looking, it's important to note how much of the body looking demands. Yeah. Right. It's not just your pair of eye sockets, you know, it's actually your heartbeat. Yeah. 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 You know, the palpitations in your hands, just maybe the smile or the frown, you know, uh, but looking moves so much of you, you know, that when you look, and sometimes we tend to think of looking now in terms of these isolated photos, right? Mm. Things you upload and things you can keep sharing or something like that. But the body that it summons is quite fascinating, right? Yeah. So your eyes are locked to whatever object you see, but your whole body is stirred, yeah. you know, at the same time. And I think, you know, when we talk about the experience of looking, it becomes misleading when we think that only sight is involved. Mm. You know, there's so much of the body that's evoked, you know, but we tend to think in terms of sight because that's the immediate part of the body we can control. We can close it, we can kind of look away, but the body that follows, you know, is yeah, yeah. a whole other epic, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> so that I like it that you, you talk about the body that's been involved in this process. That's ultimately, well, it's about looking, but the whole body is being transformed too, right? Also the touching as well. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's some book I did, The Human Eye. Actually, we can zoom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, not, not like no, no, not Japanese like a, robots can, no, no, but, yeah, no. but you can like in a you way. You can really yeah. kind of focus, somehow, yeah, focus, focus but a lot something things, a little yeah. bit more closer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's Zoom. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, nice to me because otherwise you need to stare at the things and really carefully to look at it. When yeah. you're looking at the thing, starting to somehow to Zoom a bit yeah. in the point. And I like that. Yeah. I don't want to lose that ability. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you appreciate that more in time, right? Yeah. Because People tend to think of Zoom in terms of speed. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. you appreciate it in slowness, yeah, yeah. right? Because you really know what the eye is capable of yeah, 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 that yeah. In, in that slow turn rather sure. than just the fast stuff, right? Um, I also like the point you brought up about how slowness humanizes the process. Because if it was just about speed, mm. you could just 3D print everything, right? Yes. And you can just type it and then the whole machine will produce something. But linking this to your point about tactility... Mm. There's something very human about using your hands, right? I mean, in that this is what separates us from a lot of the animal world, right? Just being able to use our our grip, our palm, and and being able to use our fingers with opposable thumbs to basically manipulate the world, you know? And I don't know if robots can do all of that, you know? All of what we can. Not yet, at least. Not yet, but it's also very (laughs) funny to think about this. Now... What the technology is trying to do is what the hand can do. Yes. It means hand is much more advanced. Yes, yes, yes. So then the also, I don't need to upgrade. I don't need anything. Yeah. But I need to train the disability. Then it stay with me. Yeah, yeah. So I want to spend more time for that, rather kind of the chasing on the high technology or new technology yeah. and uh, try to kind of, the you know, looking at something like a beyond. Mm-hmm. But What's happening that if that's so, you forgot about how to develop yourself. Yeah. Mm. Then that's only time base is very short. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Technology, the development of technology is so quick. Yeah. But I don't want to follow that. Yeah. Because I'm not a 
genius. At the same time, I'm not interested in. Yeah. I'm not interested about to really walk slow or, you know, the really feeling like something, just uh, let the things go yeah. and see what's happening. And they see, well, then that is the way that uh, I can train the how can find uh, some aesthetics in yeah. the more wider perspective. Right, right. Mm. There is the fear, though, that when you do go slow, you confront things more vividly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, whereas the speed allows us to forget. Yeah. And some people like to forget things because remembering there's a lot more thinking and confronting that it requires. <laughs> I, I just wonder, as somebody who draws, as somebody who is an artist, mm. over the years, because you appreciate slowness, you appreciate tactility, do you sense decay more? Do you sense that age makes a difference in how you can express your tactility and how much you can do with your hands, right? Because granted, our hands are more advanced than what the machines are trying to do. Yeah. But machines are quote-unquote immortal. I mean, in the sense that they mm. don't decay, they don't fade, unless you pull the plug somewhere, right? But let's That's just say... That's the point. That's the point, what I mean. So you just <laughs> take it out the plug and what you can do, you cannot do anything. Yeah. You need electronic. But let's just say <laughs> it can function properly. There's backup... Yeah you know, generators or whatever, right? But what the human hand still does and what slowness may reveal is the lightness of it, right? Mm. The contingency of tactility, right? That it cannot be replaced at the end of the day, right? It's so unique to the feelings you feel and your relationship to the process, right? Tell us a little bit about, like, do you, especially as you do it over the years, like, what's the sort of feelings of transitoriness or you know, temporariness of, of the body being involved in the art. Mm. You know, okay, if you now, before talking about a little bit kind of computer you know, arm, robotic arm, yes, robotic arm, it can be programming. And then do you think our hand, 100% move the how you want? No, no, definitely not, yeah. That is the interesting part. Right, right. You know, you can, you want to control, but the hand cannot. <laughs> yeah, that's why I can't draw. I've been trying, I've been training my hand to draw right. forever. I can't. So because musical of the, instruments, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the point that uh, I wanted to trigger. Right. So, so because of the, to me, it's like a making is about the kind of open up for the, those kind of the muscle right, to right. train and then to see things or to feel things, something. Right, right. And then that's originate in the so-called the more art of making. Yeah. I don't say that I'm making art. I don't making right, art. Right, I'm, I'm talking making. about art of making. Yeah. Uh, to appreciating the things or you feel body and the things. So the result, it comes in accordingly of these things, what's happening to you, yeah. then that's become very personal value. Yeah. Mm. I think that's really fascinating, you know, and I, the fact that you do it across these contexts, mm. whether it's Thailand or Malaysia, mm. means that the body is adjusting to these places too, yes, right? Sure. I, and, and they're adjusting not just in a tactile way, but in the very minutia of your movements, right? Mm. So if you take up a language, this is basically what happens, like you have to learn Arabic, which mm. I had to do before, you have to learn how to write it. And, yeah. you have to, and you speak it, your tongue has to move a certain way. Yes. And what you're doing, what you're making your body do is basically adjust to that context, yes. right? And this is where I think uh, our listeners can keep in mind when they go to your exhibit that your body has had to make that transition too, Yes. right? In order to connect to Malaysia. Yes, also they maybe slow down to look at the things, mm -hmm. to judge. So just to see through first, and uh, I, I want them to stay a little more carefully to look. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe you can find something interesting things or beautiful things by yourself. Right, right. Uh. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more before we conclude what our listeners can expect or what should do. I mean, slowness is one thing, but mm. anything else uh, in terms of enjoying your show? Oh, material. Mm. Because I was very carefully choose the material. And uh, also the, I use a very specific color pencil, mm-hmm. which is uh, well, one of the most expensive hmm. mm, color. Wow. Even okay. the color pencil, one pencil, uh, how much is that? Uh, 500 yen is how much? No idea. Around the oh. hip, uh, around the 250 bar. Ah. So which can be nearly cost of the 20 ringgit. Okay, okay. One pencil. All right, all right. <laughs> Just the one pencil, because this pencil also the Swiss made, and the researcher trying to finding a pure pigment. Yeah. So in looking at the, this kind of the quality of the pigment or paper, right. I also the uh, making uh, hourglass grass okay. work. Yeah. But okay. the grass work is actually uh, produced in the BG Grass Studio, oh. which is the hand blowing. Wow. And they're making uh, this beautiful hourglass to trying to making a symmetry but cannot make symmetry so perfectly mm-hmm. because it's handmade. Of course, of course. But they are try and they yeah, found so yeah. nice shape it comes up. So my exhibition also, the, when you not only like look at the things, but also carefully to attention to the pigment or surface, it's something different. I try kind of the involve a lot of craft as well mm-hmm. in that sense. I like your point about, and the listeners can't see this, but when you were talking about imperfection of the symmetry, mm. right? Or the lack of symmetry then because it's not perfect. Your eyes glowed a bit, yeah. right? Because you were so fascinated by the fact that perfection could not happen. Mm. <laughs> because this is, a, this is the, if that's so, then the, the if not enjoyable, then the, you just go for machine. That's true. That's true. And then you don't need to think. You don't need yeah. to even aim to be become the, that idea of the symmetry. Yeah. Same as my drawing as well. I am, it's a, imperfect. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, it cannot. It's very difficult. Yeah. But I'm trying. So it means like uh, that's kind of the concentrations and the aim. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to me, it's beautiful concept. Yeah. That's yeah. what I say. It's kind of the, why I say beauty. Beauty sometimes is like uh, even having uh, this, that vision. If that is something, then that is a good. Yeah. Mm. It's very interesting, you know, this idea of dignifying your flaws, <laughs> you know, because I think we tend to think in terms of, extremes right either it's ideal like this platonic kind of ideal or it's worthless right and then people find it hard to find that sweet spot where they can appreciate both in a way Mm -hmm. you know but i think you've really explained it eloquently you know this idea that the humanity Mm. behind the imperfections of art right is what we should be kind of thinking about or looking for right so that's something that you can uh, keep in mind as you check out the exhibition once again, it's at the A-plus Works of Art in Sentul, and it's from the 6th to the 29th of September, and it is by Kentaro Hiroki, Japanese artist, but also based in Thailand, and he's prepared this project based on his many visits to Malaysia over the years. So thanks so much again, Kentaro. Thank you. Appreciate you sharing your thoughts and suggestions with us. You can email the show at bfmnightschool.gmail.com. Look us up on Facebook. Or download our app at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Once again, I'm Ahmad Fort Rahman and this is Night School on BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.